from the dead, declared him to be the Son of God. And we thank you that this power works in us who believe, who believe in God, who believe in Jesus Christ, that you gave him to be a sacrifice for our sins, that we through him may be saved. We give you glory, give you praise in the name of Jesus. We pray as the Spirit moved Paul to pray, Philippians 3, that we may know you, know you intimately, know you experientially, experience you in this power of your resurrection. This power that raised Christ up far above all powers and principalities, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. It's my prayer that every one of us, everyone in this service, all who are partaking of this message today, will experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit in us will quicken mortal bodies, our mortal bodies. That the sick will experience healing. The oppressed will be delivered in their minds, their emotions. That spiritual attacks will be broken. Spiritual manipulation, demonic attacks will be destroyed. Because indeed we are far above all powers of darkness. Let people experience this in their individual lives, yes, Lord. that they may give you honor, that even others may join to say glory be to God for what he has done for his people. We thank you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I like that song on the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. Worship team, God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like to pick up on that and begin first with Hebrews 11. And then we go to Galatians 3, please. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11. And Galatians 3. Read Hebrews 11 first, just to give you a guideline for today's message. On walking in the blessing of Abraham. Last week we looked at uh, walking in the steps of the faith of Abraham. Today we're looking at walking in the blessings of Abraham. So Hebrews 11 first, and if you go to verse 8, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, pick up the story of Abraham's life, and God's call of Abraham, what exactly God told him. 
Because we're looking at it from the New Testament perspective, but it goes back to, takes us back to when it actually happened in the Old Testament. All right, so we are New Testament believers because we believe in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So focus is mostly the New Testament uh, looking at our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, his work in the church. Even when we go to the Old Testament, we're looking for Jesus in the Old Testament. Amen? Looking at scriptures that we're searching uh, the scriptures to see Christ in the Old. Right? Old Testament is a shadow, the reality, Christ, who was to come. In fact, he has already come. In our time in history, we're looking back to the cross. But when you read the Old Testament, in that time, history, they were looking forward to the cross. But where we are now, it's already happened. Does it make sense? So we're going to have to look back at what has already taken place. And how what has already taken place can change our lives. And the power and the blessings thereof can be our living experience. Jesus, he didn't die just uh, so that we'll have religion. You know? He died so that the purpose for which he died will become our living experience. Amen. He died to forgive us our sins. So we should not live still feeling that we are unforgiving. You shouldn't live feeling ashamed and guilty and all that. If he died for our sins, then I need to know my sins are forgiven if I believe in him. Does it make sense? Yeah, so I should be free from the sense of guilt and fear and everything that comes with being a sinner. How to be free from it while I'm alive. Amen. I have to wait to die for somebody to canonize me and say that I am now a saint. Because somebody called my name and there was a miracle in some town. And then a second miracle in another country. A third miracle somewhere. Once there are three miracles that happened through my name. I'm declared a saint. That's man-made. That's, that's man-made. That's, that's not biblical according to Scripture. That's man-made. You don't, you don't have to wait to die for somebody. You don't actually realize that once you die, no matter what happens on earth, you, it has no bearing on your life. That's why you need to love people while they're here. You need to love people while they're here. One of the strangest things, and I'm just going to make a point about loving people while they're here. One of the strangest things that happened to me personally in this church, and a lot of wonderful things have happened, but I had this dream one day, and the church gave me flowers. I remember waking up, and I thought, that's just so strange. I mean, I'm a guy, like in my mind, you know. I'm a guy. I think... You know, we give flowers, forgive me, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but I think we give flowers to women. You know, and I kind of felt like, well, why, why was the church give me flowers? I, I had this dream, and you all gave me flowers. I was like, you give me flowers? And then the day you gave me flowers, you gave me a computer, a laptop. 
that day. Well, I come to church on Sunday, and I was like, this is now ridiculous. It was wonderful, but I got flowers. I'm like, what? The flowers were actually meant for Pastor Meg, but she was not here. So I, <laughs> I got the flowers. And then I got this blessing that was in the laptop bag. Right here. I'm like, God, you have a sense of humor. So I remember talking about it, and Minister Susan, Susan Henderson said, uh, Pastor Susan, Susan or Reverend Stephen, somebody said, Pastor, uh, so we're appreciating you, you know, now. You know how they say that, uh, you know, give somebody their flowers now? When they die, they can't get the flowers. So what you saw, that dream, or whatever God showed you, is the fact that the church was going to appreciate you that day. I mean, like, isn't that cool, really? Oh, my goodness. Amen. Yeah. I've taught you many times, for those of you who are visiting with us don't know this, uh, eulogy, you know when people die and we give eulogies? We just really need to change that. So you think about it. All the good things you're saying about the person, they don't hear you. They're not there. I mean, right, they're not there. They're somewhere else, but they're not there. You understand? They're somewhere else. I'm not going to debate that point, but you all agree they're not there. Now, we Christians believe that in Christ, you are with Christ. So they are with Christ. Yes? And also, according to the Bible, if they rejected Jesus Christ, then they are not with him. And the only place that people are going to be eternally, not, without, uh, not with God, is hell, according to Scripture. But, you know, the, my point is the fact that once somebody is alive, that's the time you give them their flowers. That's the time... Uh, you eulogize them. That's when you say good things to them. You know, eulogy actually means saying good to people. That's why in funerals, people say good things. But they don't realize that the person doesn't hear you. So you need to love people while they're alive. You need to tell them. Whatever you're thinking about them, that's good. You need to say it to them. Come on, people. You need to bless them. There are many things that I've taught you, and, and the pastors and ministers here, we've taught you, and you need to practice them. You need to apply them so that you can live in them now. I can talking about blessings. You know we've blessed children here. We've spoken good over them. We've taught you to bless your children. We've taught you to bless your spouses. In fact, even taught you from Scripture that you need to bless yourself. Do you all know or you've forgotten? You've got to practice these things. Yeah, Scripture says he that blesses himself must bless himself in the Lord. Bless yourself. Into whatever city you go, whatever if you're an immigrant or wherever you get a new job somewhere, wherever you go, bless the place where you are. Jeremiah 29, because in the blessing of the place, you will be blessed. But you notice people don't do that. Most people don't do that. Most people just curse their job because you're not happy with their job. But they forget you're going to go there every Monday. Oh, this God-forsaken place. I don't like this job, and I don't like this place. And they curse the place. But you're there. Are you with me? Some people even curse your country. God-forsaken country. As for this country, I don't know what, I, what this country has gone to the dogs. Or they say it's gone to the dogs. 
that or the lizards or whatever. You know, just, you can't be talking like that because you are God's representative on earth. You are God's image on earth. You do understand that you have the power to bring life and death. I know there are some people in the church who don't believe that and they teach people against that, that oh, don't, don't listen to the pastors who say that you actually have power to make things happen. We are human, I know that. But we do have power to make things happen. We didn't fabricate this. God is the one who said it in the word. He said life and death is in the power. I rest my case of the tongue. The tongue is a little member in James 3. But it can, it can set the world aflame. It can set the world aflame. All it takes is a Putin to set Ukraine aflame. Come on, people. It just takes one person. One man can make a difference. It just took one man, Adam, to put all of us in sin. I don't believe that. Well, science now tells us that we have, we all, all humanity comes from one DNA. We all come from one single DNA. All of us. So that means when God created mankind, starting with Adam and Eve, in God's heart and mind, we were all represented inside Adam. You know, Adam will give birth to this person, this person, and then they'll keep multiplying and spreading out. Yeah, you're getting this. So whatever he put in Adam belonged to Adam's children. Make sense, yeah? Whatever he made Adam, he meant for all to be. So when Adam rebelled against God, unfortunately, our father rebels against God. So the consequences of that rebellion, we inherit. Sad, but we inherited it. Unfortunate, but we inherited it. If somebody is doing drugs, they're conceived, and they're doing drugs, and the chemicals affect the baby, it's, it's, it's terrible for the baby, but it came from the mother. Yes, are you getting this? In Christ, we are all blessed. Just as in Adam, we are all cursed. In Christ, we are all blessed. Praise God. And that blessing to come on us, God picked one man, Abraham and came through Abraham to all humanity and actually taught Abraham that you release, you keep releasing this blessing by speaking it. Amen. I know I'm going ahead of myself, but I'll just flow the Spirit and say this. I was amazed looking at Scripture. I was just amazed looking at how God identified himself with three humans in the world, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By the time he said this, they were dead. But he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God was saying they're actually alive. They're not physically on earth, but to me they are alive. Because he's not a God of the dead, he's a God of the living. Amen? You with me? Now furthermore, it just amazed me, that God called Abraham, and I'll teach you all this. God calls Abraham out of the land of Mesopotamia. Today we call it Iraq. All right, everybody? Where Abraham came from, Ur, you are, the town is you are. It's about 50 miles south of 
Babylon. See, 50 miles south of Baghdad. You know where? You remember uh, Saddam Hussein, Baghdad? Okay, where Baghdad is right now, 50 miles south of Baghdad was a little town called Ur, U-R. All right? Ur of the Chaldeans. People lived there were called the Chaldeans. That place was Mesopotamia. Historically, it's called Mesopotamia. The meaning of Mesopotamia is the land that has two rivers going through it. So the land of two rivers. Mesopotamia means the land of two rivers. The rivers were Euphrates and Tigris. This is history, but this is also taking you back. I'm telling you, God's amazing. This is taking you back to the beginning of man, the creation of mankind. When you go to Genesis, it says that these four rivers, you know, uh, Hedeco, forgot the other name, but Meso, Meso, uh, uh, Euphrates, Tigris, Hedeco. What's the fourth one? In Genesis, there's a fourth one. Anyway, there's four rivers. And where they parted, that region, God called it Eden. And in that region where these four rivers parted, God put a garden. Amen. And he called the garden, the garden of Eden. So the area is Eden, and there's a particular garden where he put man. Are we good so far? Amen. All right. So God calling Abraham is from this place, Euphrates and Tigris area. It's just taking humanity back to the fact that your life started in this place. And for me to change your lives and bring blessing into your life, because curses have come into your life, and I don't want you cursed. Death has come into your life from your first father, Adam. But I want life to come into you. To change it, I have to start from where you all started. That is why God didn't pick somebody from South Africa or pick somebody from Mexico or pick somebody from Albania. Even though Albania existed, in biblical times. You all know that? The King James, there's a word that's kind of like a little hard, a town called Illyricum. One day Paul went and preached in Illyricum. Illyricum is Albania. Like today, Albania, Albania. So all those people, places resist, existed. Why didn't God go to any of that place? Why would he go to Iraq, Mesopotamia, the land of the two rivers? God is telling humanity what your first father messed up, Adam, for me to bring you life. He lost the blessings I gave him. For, him, for me to bring it back to you, I'm going to start from where you all started. Are we good? Okay. So he picks Abraham and he says, I've already blessed you. And anybody who flows with this blessing is blessed. Anybody who bucks against this trend goes against it because this is the path of blessing. I know some people are like, I don't believe God can send anybody to hell. God is mean. God, God's not mean. But God is saying, 
you all are headed here to death. I don't want you dying, so I've created this path of life to me. If you come on this path, you're escaping death. Are we good? If you don't come on this path that I've made clear to you, then you've chosen to stay where? Away from life. And what's the opposite of life, ladies and gentlemen? Death. So you guys are already in death, humanity. I love you. I don't want you separated from me, have eternal death. You always separate them from me forever. I don't want you to be suffering the effects of sin even while you're alive. So I'm changing all that. I'm bringing life to you through my son, Jesus Christ. Because I'm only one God. You know, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Manifested in three persons, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. But they are united as one. There is no argument in that. From the very beginning, when he made you, he said, let us make man. You know, in English, English language, when we say us, that suggests that there's more than one. So I don't even know why we argue about these things. Um, you know, how can it be three persons in one? Yeah, maybe I don't understand. But the fact is, as it's clear in the Bible, that from the very beginning when he made us, he said, there's more. Man, listen, you man, there's more than just me talking to you. There's someone else with me. You will find out later that his name is the Word. And the other one, you find that he's the Spirit who moved over the chaos. And then I spoke the Word, the Word by which I created all things. And you found out later, in the beginning, when I created was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was made flesh, dwelt among us. The Word is Jesus Christ. So that's God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And he wants all humanity to reflect the image of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's why later when we get baptized, when we get born again, he reminds people who are born again, you're supposed to be immersed into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why he says to the ministers, you got to baptize people or immerse them into the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because in the very beginning, I put them into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the very beginning, I said, let them manifest the image. I make you in the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So right now that I'm living, you're supposed to be expressing the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in God, there's no darkness. In God, there's no curse. There's only blessing. There's only good. So God will work with you to fight off anything that's of death, anything that's of curses. He'll fight it off. Are you following this? It may be like when you read the Bible, there's so many different stories. Every sermon you hear, this, I mean, it's inexhaustible. Things you think you already know, you find many more things in the Bible. But the thing is that there's only one story. It's just so many different pictures, but it all boils down to just one thing. God loves man, and God has blessed man here and now. Not after you die. Here and now. Amen. And he wants it manifested in your life now. Praise God. But when you lose it, God brings Christ to bring it back to you. And that's the only way. Because he's only one God. And to go to him, there's got to be, he's only one God. So you can't have a thousand ways to go to one God. 
Amen. Way to God is through God himself. The only way to go to God is through God himself. So God comes down in the form of his son, Yeshua. Yeshua, therefore, that's why Isaiah calls him the everlasting father, the one from whom everything began. Everything originated from the word. That's why Jesus called the everlasting father. He is Emmanuel. God is with us. God with us. Amen. So God comes to bring us back to himself. Amen. And teaches us that once you are blessed, to keep the blessing flowing, you've got to keep speaking it. Because I've created you in my image, and God, when God wants something to come forth, God releases it by speaking it. So since you are made in the image of God, <laughs> you also, if you want something to come forth, you've got to speak it. Say, no, 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 but well, I don't wait for someone else to do it for me. No, he gave you authority. He gave you the dominion. He put you in charge, just like Adam. He put Adam in charge of the garden that he planted in Eden. He put Adam in charge, and he said, you make it beautiful. You know, like the flowers that have been arranged. Somebody arranged it, made it beautiful, and put it here. You make it beautiful. Amen. Make it beautiful, the garden that I put, put you. And then also guard it or protect it. So he's giving you a job. Even in paradise, man has a job. Amen. That's for all the young people who don't want to work. Even in paradise, supposed to work. Man is a moving being. In him we live, we move, and we have our being. You got to be active. You got to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Man, man's got to move. Everybody God used in the Bible, you find that they were doing something when God came to them. Don't wait. Don't just sit there and wait. I wait for an angel to show up. God showed me something before I do it. No. Start doing something now. Do that little bit that you enjoy doing, that you're good at. Start with that. And in the process, God's going to lead you and guide you. Reverend Janice taught us from Judges 6, Reverend Janice, where was uh, mighty man of valor, Gideon? I think Judges 6. But anyways, Judges, when God called him to deliver the Israelites from the Midianites, what was he doing? Anybody remembers the message? The guy was doing something. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Even though when you had a harvest, the Midianites would come and take it from you, he was still doing something when God called him. Amen. What about Moses? See, you can, like I said, preachers, we can preach so many different messages. You have heard thousands and thousands of messages or hundreds of messages. who keep doing that, but it's one story. It's just one story. It's one story, salvation through Jesus Christ. And all these pictures in the Old Testament is always redemption, rescue through Jesus Christ. It's a cycle of bringing people from death to life. 
and telling them, if you want that life to continue, keep speaking life. Get married, you do life together. Build a life together. We build a home. Build a family. It's, it's just it's the same thing. And then some people say, oh, well, I don't want to build it. So they do it, they, 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 they go against God. A husband and wife will be united to build. No, one decides, no, I'm going to be selfish. And it manifests in different ways. But it's one thing, it's just selfishness. <laughs> the wife will be selfish, or maybe the husband, or both of them. Or one time is both, another time is one, then it shifts to the other. It's, it's the same story, nothing new under the sun. You just have to decide, I am not going to go back into death. I will link up with God on the trajectory or the path that leads to life. If it begins with Jesus, he said, I am the way, the truth, and this life, the life. So when I find that way, I stay on it. If we understand this, there will be no argument like one saved, forever, not forever saved, or one saved, forever saved. Well, all of those things, they are really unnecessary. If you understand that, it is a path that you are on. It's, it's not something you did one time and you forgot it. You, you live it. Can you understand that? If, if you know that I believe in Jesus and I'm a follower of Jesus, following Jesus, why would I be debating, well, once I was saved, was I forever saved? Or once you say you are not forever it, 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 is, it is unnecessary. It's moot point. I mean, because it is following. Does that make sense to you? Amen. God's ways. So, yeah. Everybody he's used was always doing something. What about, let's say Moses. I just gave you an example. So a, a pastor could preach on Gideon, but it's the same story. Could take, somebody could take Moses. It's the same story. To use, to use you, he found somebody who was doing something. It may be a different thing, yes, but he's doing something. Where, where did God find Moses? You guys remember what he said, like, take your, your shoes off because the place you're standing is holy ground, and you can teach so many things, and it's beautiful, it's wonderful, but the point there is that he was doing something. What was, what was the job? Moses was doing something when God called him. He was tending sheep. It's shepherd. It was back to Adam in the Garden of Eden. He's tending to the garden. Amen. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, and he says, you guys, everybody's supposed to be working. You all know that? He writes and he says, you guys know you're supposed to be working, right? Because if you don't work, you don't eat. He said, you're busy about everybody's business. You're supposed to be busy about your vocation, your calling, what God wants you to do. And just in case, Christian, you don't know that your job is holy. Today I'm teaching you. Your job is holy because you're a Christian all the time. You're not only a Christian when you go into full-time ministry. You're not only a Christian when you retire from work and then, Lord, now I'm going to serve you. So you want to tell me 
All the time you were working for 30 years, what was that? It stopped. It stopped living for God, serving God. See, sometimes the teaching is wrong. So today, you correct your thinking. The job that you were in, you are number one, a Christian. Before, you're an accountant, an IT specialist, a doctor, a nurse, an engineer, whatever. You represent Christ. You learned something. Okay. All right, so anyway, come back here to Hebrews 11, verse 8. So look at the story in the Bible, reading scriptures. I've been telling you the story from the Bible, but now let's look at scriptures. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing where he went. So don't wait for the entire plan to be revealed to you before you move. Just keep going, and God will keep directing you. Amen? Let's keep going. Story of... Moses was working, taking care of sheep, Gideon, find the same thing in the New Testament. In Acts 16, Paul and his teammates, they're ministering. Then they're like, okay, we're going to go to Bithynia. Then they're on their way, going to minister. They just finished ministering over here, go to Bithynia. And the Spirit says, no, it's not Bithynia. So they're like, okay, then we'll go to Asia. Yeah? For two years, he'd been in Ephesus, preaching in the Bible school of a gentleman called Tyrannus for two years. Taught the word of God. The Bible says everybody in Asia heard the word. If you're a teacher, like I'm a teacher, you are partial towards things like that in the Bible. We highlight those things because we, it resonates with our calling, our heart, our spirit. I personally believe, and I'm partial to it, you may disagree, but I believe that a teaching ministry, a teaching, the office of the teacher, the work of teaching is what God has set apart as that one unique, exclusive work of God that can cause revivals to, to revive people, give them life, and sustain revivals the longest than any other aspect of the work of God. For example, we've seen prayer movements. That's a time when prayer becomes so strong, it's amazing. Right in this country, some of you remember Larry Lee. There was a men's movement, prayer movement. It was awesome. I mean, shaped men were taking care of their children, families. It was just godly men. It was beautiful. In America, since I've been, I've been here, Larry Lee. Then Satan went through the media and did an expose on men of God who did this thing wrong or that thing wrong or something wrong. You're not going to find any living human being who is perfect. And if I'm against you, I can dig up something that you did wrong. I can find it. I mean, they can find it. And to discredit you, Satan is working through them. 
discredit you, even though it may be a little thing that you did, or just one time, right? They'll just talk about all these bad things and then slip your name into it. So everybody watching relates you to all this evil and don't even realize that was no big deal what you did. Satan used that to crush that prayer movement in this country. But beyond that prayer movement, look at all the men who came back to their families. Malachi 4, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Look at lives that were changed. Children that were raised up. Now they're getting an education. They're not doing drugs. Because I'm telling you something. When a father is in the house, God bless you mothers, men. Like my mother is the best. I mean, yes. You have a fine pastor. I think I'm a fine pastor. Don't you think so? <laughs> you have a fine pastor because I had a mother. Oh, Lord Jesus. I had a visitation on my backside. Ah, I love her. Amen. What was my point? There's something I was going to tell you. Pardon me? Fathers, yes. When fathers are home, it builds up the children. They guard, they stop certain types of folly and foolishness from entering. Just their presence. Satan went through that expose that was done by, I won't mention the name of, but it was one of the major uh, television outlets in this country against all these ministers, something about Larry Lee. And it crushed that movement. Now responsible men don't have fellowship of other men and mentors and fathers watching over them. So we're kind of like all over the place. And we went back to Babylon. Went back to our old ways. Went back to what we had done for years that was part of the motions of sin in our system. Oh, pastor, but if you're born again, you're a new creation. Yes, you are a new creation in your spirit. But your soul is not born again. Your mind is not born again. Your emotions are not born again. No, not yet. So when you have the triggers, the things that used to trigger you emotionally, some of us, it was a smell. You had a sudden smell just took you back to a memory. And it took you back to the red room. Do they have red rooms anymore? But anyway, it took you back to the whatever, red district. You know, you, you understand what I'm trying to go. It just, it took you back to some place you really need, need not to be. It took you back to the place you used to do the drugs. Yes. So you, we needed the fathers. We needed even the, the Christian fathers. We needed the Larry Lees. We needed these people who watched over us. And they crushed it. The devil. Again, messed up children, messed up families. God had to find a way to change it. So that was a wonderful prayer movement. There have been many prayer movements. But prayer movements, as good as they are, actually don't have the power to sustain Whatever God starts, 
for that long. Hmm. Need prayer. Elijah was a man of like passions, weaknesses as we are. And he prayed. So please pray. It's your life breath. You need it. Build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray. Amen. Miracles, signs and wonders, we need them in the body of Christ. But you don't need a miracle to start serving God. You don't need a miracle to start working for God or walking with God. That's a mistake. People are waiting for a sign or wonder before they start. You don't need that. No. You just need to know God loves you. And just, just walk with him. He'll protect you, keep you. Just, just go with him. He loves you. That's it. He loves you. God will never love you more. Don't get scared by that. Pastor, really? Yeah, he will, God will not love you more. If God will love you more, God can love you less. What am I saying? His love is constant. He loves you just because he loves you. He doesn't love you because you have long hair. What if you go to the barber and you cut your hair? Does that change then? He doesn't love you because you're perfect. Because he knows you're not. <laughs> he just loves you because that is his nature. Let's go home. I'm done. But see, he loves you. Be at peace. He loves you. So those who fight you, oh, my God. You ever seen a mother, a mother get feisty and fierce to defend their baby? Mess uh, with mothers. And if we, who are imperfect, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more, how much more the Father in heaven, amen, will give good gifts. The, out of the good gifts, the best is Jesus Christ. And if he gave you his best, according to Romans 8, will he not together with Christ give you all things freely? You don't have to sow a seed to get it. It's free. After you get it, you sow seeds to bless the work of whomever or wherever that came from to help you get back on track so that they can continue doing that work with ease. So they don't have to stop and go back to tent making when in fact they could be doing the best of what God called them to do. Get it? Like Paul, he's writing all these New Testament scriptures. He's preaching men. The guy, you couldn't stop him. But at one point, he had to stop and go back to tent making. Because he didn't have the financial support from the churches, especially the church of Corinth, that was filthy rich. 
they will not support him. So now, instead of preaching, teaching, and doing all that, he has sown spiritual things into their lives. And instead of giving back from their, the blessings they got, from the wisdom, the anointing, the glory that came into their lives from God through this vessel, instead of giving back their carnal gifts to help him do what God called him to do, they wouldn't give. Because their minds are not renewed. They're not transformed. They're born again, but they are still walking you know, carnally, and they are still in the mold, pressed into the mold of the world. Though they are born again, and they're supposed to walk in the spirit, they're not. So Paul goes back temporarily to making tents, to sell the tents, to support himself. Then church, Thessalonica just sent funds. Yeah, that's, they just sent funds. It's like, okay, I can get back to doing what God called me to do. God will make it. Same story. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, 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 it, there's nothing new under the sun. It's one story. God loves man and has redeemed man through Jesus Christ. And you're supposed to have that life right now. I write this unto you, 1 John 5, that you may know you have eternal life. When? Now. It's the same thing as John 10, 10. I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. When? Now. It's, it's the same story spread throughout the Bible. I'll take you out of bondage in Egypt, and I'll lead you where? You tell me. I'll lead you where? Into a land flowing with milk and honey. It's, a, it's the same, same story. They are in bondage in Egypt. I'll bring you out, and I'll not leave you there. I'll take you into a land that flows with milk and honey. What does milk do? Naturally, it nourishes you. So God says in your life, I will nourish you. So for example, when you get married, when you get married in that marriage organization, God continues nourishing you by placing a mandate on your husband. And he says the husband is supposed to nourish his wife. You're like, what? That's my job? Yes. Why? Because that marriage is a picture of the union of Christ and his church. And in that marital union, you are illustrating this image of Christ as husband. All right? The image, imagery. And the church as bride. Does not mean that the church is female? No, he's just using something on earth that you can relate to. So in Ephesians 5, same story. He says, as Christ nourishes and cherishes the church, so a husband should nourish and cherish his wife. Why? Because from the very beginning, God nourished and cherished mankind. Pastor, how do I know that? Well, he made a beautiful garden called Eden. The trees were pleasant to look at. He came to visit with man 
in the coolness of the day. But listen to that when you read it. What is the picture he's painting for you? That he wants your life to be beautiful and to be chill. You ever gone on vacation someplace that is just calm, it's beautiful to look at, and you are just, the moment you get to that place, everything in you is like, you, 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 you just rest. Your blood pressure is just normal, no medication. There's just no chemical coming into you. You're just like, because there's harmony in you. Oh, Lord, release that into people's lives supernaturally in Jesus' name. That's, that's where he put us. That's where he put us. Just like parents, before you bring that baby home, that new fresh baby from the house with that infant, you go and do the, you get your crib. You know, those, the thing we do, you all do, you know. You go shop, you get a crib, you paint the room, you put balloons or whatever it is, you know. Oh, and you just make it beautiful. We are excited. Our baby's coming home. Look at God. Before he put Adam in there. Can you just look at the excitement? Because God is a father at heart. He's a family being. And he's like, okay, Holy Spirit, word, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? They're like, okay, we're going to put rivers in. And as the river is going through, he can go to sleep easily. Yes. Today, human beings have put that online, and then you Google it and you say, sounds to put me to sleep. Some of you have it, right? right? Oh, Adam had it, it was all natural. Oh, hallelujah. There are some things we can buy. And it's supposed to emit some nice sounds and some of it, some smells in your room. And we found out later on some of the chemicals are poisonous. And then God just put these flowers there in Eden. We went to vacation in Spain. Sometime in Spain, I forgot the name. Years ago. And we just went out of our resort. We just walked down the street. And the smell, I don't know, was jasmine or whatever, just... These flowers, I was like, oh, this is so good. Can we just build a tabernacle and live here? And then America calls, you know? You know, in America, vacation is like two, two weeks. You got to come back home, right? And in Europe, vacation is four weeks. If you're an executive, it's six weeks a year. In America, they wake you to the bone. This is the most capitalistic structure system in the world. And to keep it going, you got to keep the people going. Grind them down till you crush them and you get all the profit you want out of them. So you have to find a way to work against that because that's a curse. It's only after sin that God said, from the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat. Say minus me. In Jesus' name. Blessing of the Lord be on you. So that through your giftings, through your creativity, your gifts will make room for you. And as he told the people of Thessalonica, he said, let everybody work with his hands. The thing that is good. He was talking about creativity. Starting your own business. 
doing your own thing. I mean, that's not to suggest that you shouldn't work for other people because it existed in their culture. They could work for other people, but they said, we're not going to work. We're not going to do anything. Why? Because Jesus is coming tomorrow. Anytime you start reading stuff like that online, Jesus is coming tomorrow, so I'm not going to do anything today. Cut it off. Go to another place. Don't listen to it. You're going to get inquisitive. You're going to get curious. Well, I want to know what he's going to say next. I want to know what he's going to say next. You forget that words are spirit. Whether it's God's word or the devil's word, God's are, words are spirit. It's either spirit and death or spirit and life. Words can start wars. And words can lead you to the church. And Pastor Turkson is going to bless your marriage because somebody gave you some words. Honey, will you marry me? Words. That's all. Words. And usually the girls think in their head, I have been waiting for, why did it take you so long? You know, it, a lot of times it takes guys a long time to catch up. <laughs> she knew 20 years ago, but she saw you in middle school. That guy's going to marry me. You watch. And told her best friend, you had no idea. And 20 years later, you proposed. Yes, I've been waiting. I knew it. Took you a long time to catch up. Well, well, well. Come. Hebrews 11 Eight. By faith, Abraham went and called to go out in a place which he had to receive for inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing where he went. By faith, he lived, sojourned, King James, sojourned. Lived temporarily, briefly, sojourned the truth. We heard it just for a little while. All right. Sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Notice something. Dwelling in tabernacles the same as tents. So Abraham lives in tents, Isaac lives in tents, Jacob lives in tents. What's the point God's trying to make to us here? God called him to give him a land flowing with milk and honey. God called him to give him a land and give that land to his descendants. And I was fascinated by this. I started to tell you this. Fascinated when I saw in the scripture before Abraham died. Abraham said to Isaac, my son, my son, I give you all this land that God gave. But at the time of death, Abraham did not have the whole land. But he said to Isaac, I give it all to you that God gave me. Isaac did the same thing before he died. He also said, Jacob, my son, I give you all the land God gave me. And before he died, he didn't have all that land. Jacob did the same thing. Spoke into Joseph's life. You know, he blessed all his sons before he died in Genesis 49. And Joseph in particular, he said, I give you all this land that God gave me. I've been preaching for a long time. I just saw that. I was like, wait a minute. What was it about these guys? They had given something they didn't actually have. They gave what they did not have. You know, we here in life, you can't give what you don't have. God called Abraham from his father's land. God will never owe you. 
He will never ask you to give anything up that you're going to lose. Whatever you give to God, he's going to multiply. Whatever you give to God, he'll multiply. Sow your time into the work of God, and he'll help you redeem your time. Lost years, you'll recover all. Bring him your five loaves and two fish, your lunch, and he'll multiply it for you. Amen. Give him your little donkey to ride on. And after he does that, people will line up at your house, look at your donkey. All you have to do is be like Cubby, my second son. Set yourself up. Charge them some money. It's when he was, I don't know, whether middle school or was a little boy. I think he was younger than that. We took them to, to Ghana for the first time. They met their grandparents and... My dad said, you guys know you're from a royal family, right? So he dressed them up in all these uh, royal attire, you know, and them with gold and all this, and they sit on this throne. They take pictures and all that. Then, then we come back to the States. They go to school, and this little boy, I forgot what grade, fifth grade, somewhere, fourth, I don't know. But anyway, he goes to school. They all go to school. They tell, you know how, like, a cultural day or something, you tell your culture, you tell. So they all did that. Only Kabi tells everything. And then at the end, he sits down and he has his posse, he has his group, and they are collecting money from these kids because they come to the prince. The kids are like, we didn't know you were a prince. You're a prince. And before Wakanda, I mean, we saw the pictures. After Wakanda came out, we saw the pictures. We were like, wow, this has got to be something inside. Kabi and Miles, my nephew, they are wearing their royal thing and they are Wakanda forever. Before Wakanda, I kid you not. Yeah. And he's sitting on his throne and he's got his little friends in school and there's a line and the people are coming to him as the prince and he's collecting money. Oh, my God. So if you give your donkey to Jesus to ride on into Jerusalem, guess what's going to happen after? He's never going to take anything from you that is not going to multiply. Give him your womb, and you make a nation out of that one womb. Sarah gave God her womb. And God brought a nation. You don't think so? Let me show you. Hebrews 11. What I just said, of course, you know it from the Bible that Israel came out of. But Sarah gave a womb to God. Look at this. Hebrews 11, verse 11. I think. I'm looking for where it says, through faith, Sarah also herself conceived. Is it, yeah, I'm right? Okay. Hebrews 11. Uh, let, me, let me read it right. Elder Kofi gave me a, a new Bible, so <laughs> it takes me a while to find it, so I had to make sure I read it right. Some of it I just know, but yeah. Through faith, right, also, Sarah herself received strength to what? Conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was what? Past age. Anybody ever told you it's too late for you? That's what past age is. Because 
She judged, come on people, she judged God faithful who had promised. Faithful is he who has called you who will also do it. He's called you to fulfill his will in your life and he will do it. You are called into the fellowship of the Son of God to share with Jesus in all that Jesus owns. You are an heir of God and joint heirs with Christ. It's the same story. They just say it in different ways. This one thing I said, I just quoted two or three scriptures to support it. Romans may say it this way. Galatians may say it that way. It's just one story. God loves man, makes man in his image. He's a father at heart. He wants to share his love with humanity. So he makes man. Man messes up. God comes back to restore that same thing. He loves you. Why? He loves me. Period. Just enjoy it. Relish in it. Amen. Stop, you know, arguing and debating and doubting everything. You know, just you, well, why do you love me? Why do you want to marry me? Why am I the only one? Because, baby, you are the only one. Can you just accept that? Because if you are the only one on earth, Christ will still have come to die for you. Value yourself. Amen. Can, you, can anybody give me a scripture for that? Value yourself. Anybody think, think of any scripture that relates to that? One concept, but it's throughout the scriptures. I've said it many times today. He makes you in his image. Doesn't that say that you have more value than everything else? So why are you going around trying to identify as a cat, a dog, a monkey, and something else when you already identify as God? God identified himself with you. God told me, he said, this month, and usually I don't say that, you know, a month of this, a month of that. But this month, God says, it's a month of new possibilities and new opportunities. This month. New things are coming your way. What was impossible, God will make possible. New opportunities that you have to seize in the name of Jesus. When the doors open, don't ask, don't question, don't be afraid. Well, maybe I'll lose this one too. No, go through it. Seize the opportunity. Carpe diem. Seize the day. This is mine. Yes, he created you in his image. Don't let somebody belittle you. You are a chosen generation. God chose you. You can't reject me. God already chose me. Like that lady I was walking through the aisle the other day in the grocery store, and she, I just, she clutched her purse to herself. And I saw that. And the first thing that came to my mind, like, lady, if you knew who it was, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Man, your little purse. I will give you eternal life. I will give you eternal life. As my father sent me, Jesus said, so send I you. I will give you eternal life. Dear lady, your little purse. 
Same thing I just quoted as a pastor from scripture. Washington. Denzel Washington said, somebody was trying to be racist, something like that towards him. He said, I'll just take my wallet and hit you on the head. What was he saying? Do, do, you get the, do you get the sense he's saying? You're not going to serve me in this restaurant? I'll buy that whole thing and fire you. You're saying this talks. Now, since I could not raise this, I was like, I can raise eternal life. <laughs> I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Abraham messed up one time. Abraham even lied one time because he was afraid. You know how when you're afraid you can do some silly things? Afraid. He's in this time. He's like, well, they're going to kill me and take my beautiful wife from me. 90-year-old woman, so beautiful. Yeah, it is that kind of beauty that you, you can't find words, so you just got to talk in tongues, you know. Yeah, the Pharaoh wanted the wife. Pharaoh took the wife. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Yeah, took the wife. Usually, it's the women who are going to give birth. God's going to give a child from Sarah. We just read Hebrews 11, 11. Sarah judged God to be faithful to give her a child, to open her womb. I give you what is dead. Because you are the life giver. Give it to God. He will multiply it. Made a nation out of a woman who was past age and who was barren. Her womb was dead, but God made it alive. Abraham was dead in his body, and God made the body alive. And I told you last week, that is why when God said to Abraham, tested him. I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac, through whom I'm, I'm going to bring the Messiah. Sacrifice him for me. Abraham was like, if he dies, God's got to raise him up. And I know God is the one who raises people up because he raised my dead body and raised Sarah's dead womb. So God can raise Isaac up. And in fact, in the spirit realm, he received Isaac back from the dead. Some things have spiritual significance, you know, and we see the pictures throughout the Bible. Like Moses go to God, goes to God, gets the law of God, bringing it to the Israelites. He comes, and the glory of God is shining on his face. And the people of Israel is like, oh, Moses, oh, man, this is going to blind us. We're going to die. We're going to fall. So we want you to cover your face with a veil. So Moses covers his face, his face with a veil. And God says, the moment you all did that, you rejected truth, and blindness came on your eyes. Be careful how you treat spiritual things. It happened in the Old Testament. Nobody knew what had actually happened until you get to the New Testament. And it says the moment they said, we don't want to see the glory, cover your face. They were telling God, we don't want to know. We don't want to see it. We see it, but we don't want it. So they are blind till today. Significance. What does, what does that mean in the spirit realm? It's like those of you who are super wealthy, if somebody loves you enough, 
thinks of you and says, in their will, at my death, I want my bicycle to go to this person. Don't say that you are a billionaire, millionaire, so you reject it. Take it. Don't ever reject an inheritance. Don't walk in that kind of pride. But I don't need this. What are you rejecting? It's not that thing. You are rejecting love. You are rejecting the release of blessings. That spirit that's bringing goodness and mercy following you all the time, that's what you are rejecting. You ever wonder in life, how come some people just seem to be so blessed doesn't make sense. What is Tony Stark's real name in life? The actor, Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. In America, star, you know, movie star. You know, Robert Downey Jr. If you study his life, there's got to be somebody praying for that guy. There's just got to be some kind of blessing. for Because you cannot mess up in life that much, do drugs that much, and still be where you are. Somebody had to have sown some kind of prayer, some kind of blessing, eulogize him. That is following him. But for some people in this world, you are the one, the first one to break through in that family. You are the breaker for that family. And if you are the first one, I told you last week, you cannot mess up like other people. Messing up is always wrong, but we are human, and we do crazy things. I won't say stupid things, but we do, you know. But there's some things you cannot afford to do. Others will get away with it. Somehow it's not going to impact them as much, at least not in this life. But you try it and say it messes you up. And other people like, man, because grandma stored up prayer for that person. Grandpa stored up prayer. Papa stored up prayer because his name is Timothy. And this faith he's walking in is pure and sincere because it came first from grandma and then it came from ma. Lois, Eunice, Timothy. So somehow he beats Paul, the greatest apostle of all time. And he becomes the first bishop of the church of Ephesus in Turkey, Timothy. How does that happen? It doesn't start with Timothy. Something was following him, pushing him into their place. Do you ever wonder, how is it that Jacob somehow is fleeing from his brother Esau? He's afraid that Esau might kill him. And then he falls asleep one night and has a dream in this place. Takes a rock representing Christ. Puts his head on the rock to say, I, I rest on Jesus. Man, I've tricked, tricked people. I've tried. I've been a crook. I'm just tired. I'm about to die because I robbed my brother Esau. Didn't really rob him, but Esau thinks he robbed him. When Esau actually gave it away. Spiritual significance that I was telling you of. He's given a birthright. He says, what is this birthright to me if I'm dead? You know the circumstance for which he said that? He's hungry one day. Nobody dies of hunger in a day. I think it's like three weeks. You don't eat for three weeks. But one day, he's hungry one day. Uh, what is the birthright if, if, to me if I'm dead? You're hungry one day. And he gives it up. And Jacob appreciates spiritual things. He's like, you want my meal? Sell me your birthright. So he sold it. If you sell it, it's not his. Come on, people. 
So you can't turn around later and say, well, he stole it from me. I think preachers, we ought to correct that. We preach it wrong. David, what's the name? Jacob didn't steal it. He was just smarter in business. I mean, it's wrong to have done that to his brother. But his brother, actually, is a transaction. Because he appreciated spiritual things. If somebody is given into your life, don't speak against them. Whether they are your wife, your husband, you know, if, if it's your husband who cooks for you or your wife who cooks for you, bless them. You are eating that thing into your body. <laughs> Some of you are not smart. <clears throat> Speak the blessing so that everything that their hand touched and everything that is in their mind is transformed into a blessing going inside you. Somebody say, the little maid is right. Somebody say that, say that. The little maid is right. Go to some town, you capture some people, you employ people who work for you. Little maid is working in your house. If you don't treat them right, the groceries, you know what they're going to put in there? Mm-hmm. It is all in this book. When a man got sick and he doesn't know what to do and none of the doctors can help him, you know who spoke? The little maid. So go, go to God. He's got some prophet there. Elisha, he's going to help you. And the man got healed. I love you guys. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm going to stop so we can pray. Just read. Just, just stop all this. Just go to Galatians chapter 3. Read the scripture and tie it up. And then we'll continue next week. So go to Galatians 3. But the land, God said to Abraham, I give you the land. Abraham believed God. Before he died, he didn't have it physically, but he still said to, I mean, I was like, Lord, I've read this many times. I never saw it. He said, Isaac, I leave the land to you. The guy didn't own the land. He hadn't taken it. He left it to Isaac. Isaac did the same. He says, Jacob, I leave the land to you. And Jacob also left it to his children. And one day, one of their sons came, the descendants came, called David. Now he's like this fighting force, you know, from a teenager, killing giants. And he takes the land from what God said from the beginning, that I give you from the river of Egypt back to Euphrates, back to Mesopotamia where I called you, all that land I give to you. Come on, people. Abraham kept speaking it. He's dying. And he says, Isaac, I leave it to you. Isaac is dying. Isaac says, I leave it to you. I'd never seen that. Never seen that. These fathers actually spoke it. That God had given it to us, but though in our lifetime, we did not physically process it. I speak it before I leave. I, Lord, thank you for showing this to me. So bless yourself today. Bless your children today. Pastor, you know what he did. Well, do you know what you did for which God forgave you? And he still blessed you. Blessed be God, who was the Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ.
What I told you, you have to eulogize, you have to bless God. Ephesians 1, 3, he blessed us in Christ. He says, I've blessed you. And God blessed them, saying, Genesis 1, and God blessed Adam and Eve. Male and female, blessed he them, spoke over them, be fruitful and multiply. After the flood, it's, it's like, God, what, what is this about? It? After the flood in Genesis 9, God blessed Noah and his children. It's throughout the scriptures. God calls the priesthood. He says, Reverend Janice, Pastor Sandra, Reverend Alpha, when you guys preach before the people go home, bless them. They are blessed people, still bless them. Yeah, where is that in Numbers? Yeah, Numbers 6.24, bless them. Jesus comes. The beautiful Beatitudes, they start with what? Blessed are. First major teaching, blessings. Little children, he says, bring them to me. Bless them. What's the last thing, literally, the very last Jesus did before he ascended, was taken up to glory? What's the very last thing he did? Any picture you remember? He blessed them. It says he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he was taken up out of their sight. Wow. wow. Yes. Are you ready to be blessed? Okay, so Galatians 3, and we end today. 3, 8, I think, 8 and 9. Galatians. Galatians 3, 8 and 9. Um, Elder Kofi, thank you so much. I keep breaking in, into this Bible, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard sometimes when it's a new Bible. Uh, you know, man, it's, you know, some like in the scripture foreseeing that God would bless the Gentiles uh, through faith. Somebody has it? Should take your Bible? Preach the gospel. Galatians 3, 8 and 9. Preach, preach the gospel. Through, sorry, through uh, saying, uh, Galatians, what, 3, 8, and 9. And the, yeah, and the scripture, okay. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preach before the gospel unto Abraham. Oh, wow. So God preached the gospel. Saying. So what's the gospel? He preached the gospel saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. So the gospel is a blessing for who? All nations. So then, so then, in conclusion, to that end, for that purpose, finally, they which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Give him praise, church. Say, I'm blessed. I am blessed. <laughs> With faithful Abraham, I am blessed. God's called me out of a land of idolatry, so I leave. I refuse to follow Satan and his ways, and I follow God. I turn from Satan to serve the living God in the hope of walking in everything for which he called me. Me and my house, me and my generations. Amen.
The work that he's called me to do is a work of blessing humanity. I am a blessing to humanity. You are a blessing. God told Abraham in Genesis 12, you will be a blessing. You are children of Abraham. I declare over you, you be a blessing. Give him praise. Shall we stand to our feet? Please. You cannot give what you don't have. You can't be a blessing if you are not blessed. You are, you are blessed. Abraham could give the land away to Isaac. Isaac could give it to Jacob. Jacob could give it to his children because God gave it to them. Eventually, David came and he took it. And then he gave it to his son Solomon. Israel reached the zenith of her glory in Solomon's time because David fought for it and gave it to Solomon. You know who David represents? Christ. His name is Beloved. David means beloved. Jesus is the beloved of God. And Jesus fought the devil and defeated the devil and gave you the land. Flowing with milk and honey. Honey is what? Sweet. That means the Lord is going to make your life fruitful and sweet. Lift your hands to the Lord with me. We receive all that you have for us. Hallelujah. The blessing of Abraham is ours. This is what we've seen today. The blessing of Abraham. Walking in the blessing right now. Living in it right now. Right now. Not tomorrow. Right now. You have eternal life and life more abundantly right now. In the name of Jesus. The blessing of the Lord be on you. 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 Now we're going to pray together. And you that are home, those in church, bless yourself in the Lord. Bless your spouse. Bless your children. Bless parents. Bless your community. Bless your job. Bless your business. Bless your career. Bless that educational uh, institution that you want to enter in. I mean, I don't know what, but bless it. Speak the blessing over it. Because by speaking the blessing, you're changing the curses. You're removing the evil. Life overcomes death. Light overcomes darkness. And the darkness cannot overtake it. Whether it is praying in tongues or praying in English, Spanish, French, whatever language, I want you to please lift your voice and begin to speak. I touch and agree with you. The blessings are following you now. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Everybody today be immersed in the Father. The Father's love so you never fail. Be immersed in the grace of Jesus that sets you free from doing it yourself. Let your head rest on that rock, Christ. Be at rest. Mental health, you are made whole. Emotionally, you are made whole. I bless you with that. Mando Sakaya. Zibikatori Babrosti Bendoji. You can go ahead and pray in the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. The Lord removes sorrow now. He removes grief now. That emotional turmoil, he removes it now. The death that was there in Sarah, if you give that womb of that business, that womb of that relationship, a womb is where life comes from. So give the core of that thing to God right now. Give it to him. And you bring life from death. Man debecastus, leba adiri abele mazuri andaya, in the name of the Lord Jesus. They said to Sarah, you are past age of bearing children. The doctor said to you, all white people of this age have this sickness and their body cannot recover. All black people of this gender, when they get to that age, they are past that age. I know naturally that's what they said about white people or what black females or whomever, naturally, I know, but I am talking about supernatural power. I'm talking about a God in heaven who rules in the affairs of men. He can make your mind well. He can make your emotions well. He can make your dead body alive. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you had that stroke, but God can make the brain alive again. He can make the brain alive again. In the Bible, he did it. In the name of Jesus. Fairfax County Hospital in Virginia has a record of a baby three days old, brain dead. Half of the brain was swollen, and that part was dead. God revived that baby when I was invited to go and pray for that baby. That baby was white, pale as death. But as prayer was made for the baby, the life of God came into the baby. And the color began to change from the crown of the baby's head to the soles of the baby's feet. The swelling in the brain stopped. Hallelujah. And the brain that was dead was made alive. This is on record. God did it. The same God who raised the dead body of your father Abraham is saying, Abraham's blessing is yours. Come on, please believe God with me. It doesn't matter if they said it's over. It's past age. Believe for resurrection power of Jesus to make you alive. So I say to you now, be loosed. As Jesus said to Lazarus, loose him and let him go. Be loosed from the effects of death, from the bandages of death. The bandage that wrapped up all around you. Be loosed. Be loosed. Be loosed. Emotionally loosed. Physically loosed. Spiritually loosed. Mentally loosed. Relationships. My God. Engaged and then it died. 
that day before your wedding, the relationship died. Or even the first year of marriage, the, relation, the marriage died. It doesn't matter how long or whatever, and they said to you, it's over, past age. My God, my God, he makes the dead alive. Be made alive. Be made alive. Be made alive. In Jesus' name, be made alive. Mando Basaya. Yando Zakarian de Bazuria. In the name of Jesus. This final blessing, I've already taught it today. The Spirit has moved. But there's this final blessing. Usually we don't share everything we see, but this I'll share with you. Same God who told me that this is a month of possibilities and new opportunities, just last night showed me this vision. I saw, uh, I, I think you don't have a lot of it in America, but they have it in, in Britain on the roads. You know, roundabout, have you ever, even in America, have you? Yeah, roundabouts, yeah? Okay. In old times, they had a lot of it. but So like you're driving, and there's a circle in the middle, and people go around. Yeah, you get it? Okay. So God shows me this roundabout, and he is directing the traffic. And there are places, like one side, I see God as, you know, like people graffiti, people draw, actually murals more than graffiti. They draw on the wall. Okay. This is drawn. He's drawn on the ground. And the way it's drawn, you see like a house. I mean, it's just the way it's drawn. It's not flat. It's like three-dimensional. It's like you can enter into the house. It's beautiful to see these things, yeah? So there's this runabout, and God's directing traffic and leading people into this thing that he has created. It's like it's little like a city. It's houses, and they're all standing. So you come around the roundabout. He directs you. You don't go off somewhere else. He directs you on the right path, and people go into this beautiful, like a city that is painted on the ground. I just saw it just last night. And because I've, I've been praying since he said to me three days ago that we're entering a month of possibilities and opportunities. And I say, Lord, give me a fresh word for today gave me last night. So to end the service, I felt that I needed to share this with you. God has already painted this beautiful place for you. He's prepared it, and he's taken you there. A land that is already flowing with milk and honey. There is a table land, and he's bringing you up there. And when you get there, you will dine in the presence of your enemies. And they can no longer touch you. So if your enemy was whatever, it can't touch you. Praise God. If Pastor Meg is watching at home, she's probably saying to herself, he said he was going to go and sit down and look at him jumping and running all over the place. Because I went to do something this morning. I don't know why I do that, but the first thing I did, I woke up, the first, and I never do, the first thing I woke up, so you know, like you wake up, you go to the bathroom, yeah, or something, I go to the bathroom, 
And I mean, I have to explain. It's a natural thing, you know. So he just woke up all night, all right? So I go, and I, I'm going to clean the, the commode. I'm like, and so you've been sleeping. Your body is kind of stiff. I go, and I'm bending, and uh, there's a, the cleaner is over here. So I'm in this position. I'm trying to, I'm not even thinking. I don't know what was wrong with me. So I'm trying to take it, and something said, Something said something in the back, you know, like something. I was like, ooh, something is locked, and there's a sharp pain. So I'm walking around the house this morning, and then I'm getting ready to come, and I'm saying to her, oh, every minute I see myself straightening up. I said every minute. While I'm saying it, I'm still like that. But I said, oh, minute, minute by minute, it's straightening up. Minute. And by the time I get into that car to drive, it's fully straightened up. So anyway, I get in the car, and I've forgotten all about it. And I'm here preaching. And just a second ago, I remember, oh. He's painted a new place, and you are entering it in the name of Jesus. Only God. Father, I bless the house of God. I bless the people of God. I bless everyone. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So I pray this prayer, final prayer for everybody online. I want all the children, if you are 21 and under, please come forward. Parents, come with them and put your hands on their shoulders. All right, let them stand in front of you facing me, but put your hands on their shoulders. And because they are little children, I know we don't necessarily want them to be online, all over the world. So where I'm standing, camera is on me. You can stand to my left and to my right. You'll be away from camera. But I want to pray and bless the children online as well. All right? 21 and under. I, I, I know in the Bible it said 20 years. So obviously it covers them. So just stand. All right, just stand. Parents, hands on their shoulders. They are in front of you. All right, hands on your shoulders. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to begin now praying for everybody online. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. You can stay right there, you go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you that those who are of faith walk in the blessing of Abraham. I speak blessings on everybody here, all who are partaking of this message online, over them, their families, and all connected to them. Siblings, nieces, nephews, all connected to your people. You blessed Abraham, and so you protected, delivered, 
his nephew Lot and Lot's family. I ask blessings upon God's people online. Name of the Father, name of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Cause everyone to enter that new city, that new place that you have painted, you have built for them, you have erected for them. What you showed me in a vision that you've painted this place for them. Their land flown with milk and honey. Bring them into. Bring them into that place with silver and with gold. Bring them into that place with strength, health, and vitality. Bring them into that place with abundance of glory, abundance of grace. In the name of Jesus, I declare you loosed. Loosed from the grave clothes. Loosed from death. Loosed from that which bound you. Walk in life. Walk in peace. Walk in prosperity. Walk in the strength of Jehovah. In the name of Jesus. Whatever path the devil meant for you, for evil, for darkness, for defeat, I declare that as you are driving on this journey, the Lord brings you to that roundabout, to that place. He directs you on the right path. Path of life, path of life, path of light, path of love, pathway of peace, pathway of joy, pathway of joy, pathway of joy, pathway of joy. The defeat is gone. The depression is gone. Suicide, you are gone. Suicide, you are gone. Life in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know who you are. You will not be bullied. You will not be bullied. You will not be controlled. You will not be disrespected, maligned. You are the image of God through Jesus. I bless all the young people. Bless their parents. I bless everybody in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the faith of God, I call it done in Jesus' name. Everybody here say amen. Those online say amen. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise, give him praise, give him praise in Jesus' name. Now with your hands outstretched, just thank God. Just thank God. Just thank God. And I'm going to ask a couple ministers to come stand in my place where I'm standing and just pray in the spirit to keep the people online engaged with us. I said, go around to lay hands on the young people who are here in the church. I'm going to have a couple ministers just kind of come and stand where I am. You can pray in the spirit to keep people online engaged with us. And those of you online, pray over yourselves. If you have children with you right now, pray over them. If they are away in college, in school, look at their Think about their, their names and pray for them. If you are home, I'm sure you have a picture of them. Take that picture right now. Lay your hand on that picture and pray for them as the ministers pray. You are blessed, but God said, when we bless you, you'll be blessed. So receive it now in the name of Jesus. All right, have that child's picture before you or their name on your mind or that loved one. It may be a niece or a nephew. Whether they're going through something or not doesn't even matter. Or a grandchild.
pray for them. Bless them. All right, let's go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Mande besaika, lebri andoze bitozaya. In Jesus' name, the blessing rests on you. The blessing of God rests on you. In Jesus' name. Where's your other brother? In Jesus' name, I bless you on behalf of your, uh, uh, your brothers, your older brothers. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pronounce them blessed in Jesus' name. Is Boaz here today? Now you're taller than me. I can't even. My God. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you, Boaz, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, the blessing of the Lord rest upon you. In Jesus' name, you will walk in the life and the light of the Lord. The picture God painted for you, that's what you will be. You will live it. You will manifest it. In Jesus' name, goodness and mercy shall follow you. Thank you. Bless these princesses, my God, in Jesus' name. Bless Princess Helen in the name of Jesus, your first name. Father, in Jesus' name, let the blessing rest upon Zoe. I thank you for their lives in the name of Jesus. You will walk in what God has ordained for you. Father, I thank you for Sire in the name of the Lord Jesus. The blessing of the Lord rest on you, Sire. I thank you for her life. You will live as God ordained for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the faith of God, I call it done. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bible says, Levi, Hebrews 7. Pay tithes inside of Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, Levi, even to the fourth generation. I stand on that scripture and I pray blessings of prosperity on God's people, even to the fourth generation, guaranteed. Walk in it, peace, power, and prosperity in the name of Jesus. All you believe and agree, say amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all. You may be seated. God bless you. We love you. I appreciate you. God bless you all. Yes, amen. Amen. You believe that your loved ones who are not here, who were on your mind as we prayed, you believe that they are blessed? Amen. Praise God. All right, finally, let's give offerings, tithes, gifts of love to the Lord. And even for those online who desire to give, you can give now. As I just quoted from Hebrews 7, Levi, pay tithes in Abraham. We believe in the spiritual significance of things. Amen. We don't believe in living by rules. We live in live, believe in living by our heart. Amen. So joyfully, freely, we give to the Lord. Amen. We give to support his work. You're going to see on the screen three ways that you can give. 
One, via Zelle. Two, PayPal. Three, you can send a check in the mail. We can do that now. If you use your device, you can give to World Missions Ministries via Zelle. The number is 571-234-2387. 571-234-2387. God bless you. You can give online through PayPal. Just go to wmmchurch.org. WMMchurch.org. .org. Just click the donate button and give as you choose. It's secure. God bless you. If you want to send a check in the mail to this address where we have church services, 11 a.m. at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday, uh, you can go ahead and do that. The address here is World Missions Ministries. 6805, 6805 East Clinton Street, 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, and that's USA, of course. So the address, street address, 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. If you happen to be in the area any Sunday, check us out. Come in person. We'd love to meet you. All right? God richly bless you. Father, thank you for blessing us, spirit, soul, and body. And now bless jobs, bless businesses, bless investments, bless the finances of God's people. We declare that Devara is rebuked for their sakes. They will not lose, but they will gain. They will increase. We give gifts of love to you. We give these gifts in faith. We thank you for your blessing on us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us online. See you back here Sunday, 11 a.m for the word.